Welcome to the Epiphany Lutheran Church podcast. These messages, based on a biblical text, interpreting the hearer's situation, informed by Christian teaching, creatively proclaim the crucified and risen Jesus of Nazareth for forgiveness and new life starting now. Epiphany Lutheran Church is located in South City, St. Louis, Missouri. Our vision is to be a community that puts Jesus first, neighbors second, and ourselves third by gathering to be served by him so we can grow to love as he loves. Learn more at epiphany-stl.org. That's epiphany-stl.org. Our sermon text does come from the reading from Revelation, from chapter 1, verses 4 to 6. Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of kings on earth. This is our text. Well, it's almost here. This Thursday, Santa will make his official arrival on national TV, take up residence at the malls that are still open, and the much-anticipated spending frenzy of Black Friday will at last inaugurate the 2019 Christmas season officially. But in truth, the season has already been underway for quite a while now. Holiday music is already on the radio, and decorations are up in the stores. Indeed, Virtually the same day that the jack-o'-lantern skeletons and black cats came down, the candy canes, pine trees, and merry elves went up. It has been Christmas for a full three weeks already, and it's still not even December. The world definitely has a way of getting ahead of us in the church when it comes to the Christmas season. Around here, Christmas is still a month away. It's not even Advent yet. But the world isn't always ahead of the church. Today, at least, the church is a good five weeks ahead of the rest of the world because today in the church, we've already gotten to the end of the year. Next Sunday, the chancel will be decked in blue, and the first Sunday in Advent will mark the start of another new year in the church. So that means today is the end, the Sunday of the fulfillment, or more traditionally, Christ the King Sunday. Today, we think about the end, the end of the year, the end of God's plan for the world. And we think about Jesus because everything comes together and finds its end in Jesus. He is the Lord, the King, the sovereign ruler over all things. And so this Sunday, we remember the end. We celebrate Jesus, who is the end of all things and the Lord of all things. So in our readings, both the apostles John and Paul do a great job of highlighting the point of this day very well. Jesus is the image of God, the firstborn of all creation, and through him and for him, all creation was brought into existence, St. Paul says. Jesus Christ is one with the Father in spirit. He is worthy of glory and dominion forever. And the apostle John adds to this, giving us three distinct phrases or ascriptions to describe Jesus and to explain why he's worthy of our praise. He calls Jesus the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings on earth. Each phrase teaches us something important. 
The first title, Faithful Witness, maybe sounds a little strange to you. I doubt that you've ever heard a prayer addressed to Jesus as Faithful Witness. But the title gets at a fundamental truth. Jesus is the perfect, trustworthy witness of the reality of God and the truth of God's perfect will. In court or in a House Intelligence Committee hearing, a trustworthy witness is critically important, one who can be taken seriously, one who gives an account of the truth. A trustworthy witness tells it like it is, and that's exactly what Jesus did. He spoke the truth. He lived the truth. He was and he is the truth, God's truth in human flesh. Jesus did God's will perfectly and completely in the life that he lived on this earth. And through that life and through his words, he witnessed to the reality of God's character and being. If you want to know the truth about God, you look at Jesus. When you see me and you know me, Jesus said, you see and you know God. Jesus is the faithful witness. But the world and its people did not get very excited about the witness Jesus gave. In fact, faced with Jesus' life, work, and declarations of truth, God's creatures rejected God's witness. They killed him. Which really isn't so surprising. Because when the truth stings, the obvious solution is to get rid of it, silence it, kill it. And God's sinful, rebellious creatures did just that. With nails, a hammer, and a cross, they silenced the voice of truth that they did not want to hear. They ended the life that they did not want to see. They killed God's witness. And yet we know that God raised him from the dead and vindicated his faithful witness. And so that brings us to John's second title for Jesus. Jesus is the firstborn of the dead. He truly died, but then he truly rose and beat death forever. That's the Easter message. Death is done. And that message changes everything for you and me. Remember, Jesus is the firstborn. And that means that there will be others to follow. Other sons and daughters of the Father will join Jesus. They will rise out of death to live forever. The resurrection of Jesus is the first of many resurrections. His resurrection is the guarantee of your resurrection. Faithful witness, that's Jesus. Firstborn of the dead, that's Jesus. There's one more title, the challenging one. Jesus is, John declares, the ruler of kings on earth. In other words, Jesus is Lord. He's the boss. He's in charge. He's the ultimate authority over everyone in every place. Kings, Emperors, governors, tyrants, dictators, princes, premiers, presidents, and prime ministers. Jesus rules every single one. He is Lord. Every single Christian is his subject. Every single Muslim is his subject. So is every single Hindu and Buddhist, agnostic, atheist, and Jew. Every arrogant academic, every ignorant fool, every American, every Russian, every Kenyan, every Brazilian, every Malaysian, not one person anywhere is exempt. All are subject to King Jesus. He is Lord of everyone. Faithful witness, 
firstborn of the dead, ruler of kings. That's Jesus. And that's why we give him praise and worship on Christ the King Sunday. But in our world, in 2019, King Jesus is not universally recognized and acclaimed as king. We know that. People, a lot of people, refuse to acknowledge his reign. They reject his lordship outright. They resent his authority. We know it's popular today for Americans to defiantly display their declarations of political protest. They will say things frequently like, not my president. They want to make clear where they stand. And people do the same with Jesus. They reject his lordship. They renounce his claim on their lives. They proclaim their protest against Jesus. Not my king, not my lord. They mock his lordship with their words, with their bumper stickers, and with their lives. It's not surprising that people reject Jesus. They are, after all, sinful and rebellious. They don't want a lord. They reject authority, so they reject God and his Christ. But what is surprising is when those who call themselves Christians are also so frequently reluctant to accept the reign of Christ in their lives. Loud and obnoxious unbelievers who arrogantly reject Jesus as Lord may be unsettling to us, but frankly, you should be far more concerned, far more bothered by the quiet and respectful Christians who are nevertheless reluctant to recognize Christ as King and unsure whether Jesus is really Lord. The problem that should get your attention is not unbelievers out there. What should concern you is believers in here who don't want Jesus to be Lord. Not a Lord over them, anyway. Not a Lord over their congregation. The great threat to Christ's church is not the world. The great threat is Christians who don't want Jesus to be king. At least not a real king with real authority over their lives. Please don't misunderstand here. I'm not suggesting that there are vast numbers of Christians who are secretly denying the basic teachings of Christianity or are hypocritically posing as believers in an intentional attempt to sabotage and destroy the faith. I don't believe that. But I do believe that there are far too many people who will readily profess that Christianity is their religion, who will come to church every single Sunday, and who know all about the Bible and Christian doctrine, and yet who, in their lives, live as if Jesus is not Lord, and who function as if Jesus is not King. These people will celebrate Christmas. They will believe that Jesus rose from the dead. It is their religion. But in their lives, none of it is that important. It's true, but not significant. It's nice but not normative. It's spiritually valuable, but not real-life relevant. Christianity is pleasant, sometimes helpful, a special part of their lives, a museum of fond memories, and a source of comfort, but it's not that important for ordinary life. Christianity is spiritual, so it's not quite real. It's not real, 
like the substantive things in life. It's not real like a blues Stanley Cup or a new grandchild. Those things are real. For far too many people in the church, Christianity is not real like a turkey dinner or a twisted ankle. Those things are real. They're tangible and measurable. And while those things matter right now, they're real. But for many Christians, maybe even for some of you, faith is in kind of a different category from those real things. Faith is not real like petting a cat, climbing a mountain, eating a hamburger, or falling off of a ladder is real. For too many people, Jesus is just not that relevant for all the here and now kinds of things, all that Monday through Saturday stuff of life. That this is the case becomes especially evident when Jesus is declared to be Lord and King. Because these people will readily agree with the doctrinal fact. Okay, Jesus is Lord, right. But then come all the questions and all the qualifications. Well, what's that mean exactly? And whose king is he? Jesus is Lord, but what kind of Lord is he? He doesn't actually rule over our lives right now and tell me what to do, does he? People who practice a Christianity that is not quite real will call Christ the king, but will put an asterisk behind the word king. Jesus is king, all right, but king for Christians only. After all, different people have different kings and worship different gods. It's a personal religious decision, and it's important that we all accept other people's religious ideas, right? Everybody has a right to believe what they want. So Jesus is king of Christians, and there are other kings out there for other people. For Christians like this, Jesus is kind of king, but not really. Another asterisk that qualifies too many declarations of Christ as king are those that will limit Jesus' rule to Sunday mornings and a few other times when religion is appropriate. But outside those precise times of acceptable spirituality, Christ is not Lord. He's not king. He's a helper who lends a hand and makes sure that life goes according to plan, according to your plan. He can solve your problems, but he's not allowed to tell you what to do and certainly not allowed to tell you how to think. You'll think for yourself, thank you. In fact, in this case, Jesus is a king in name only, a figurative religious king at best. The third asterisk that gets posted next to the word king limits his reign to a day far away in the future. Someday, when he comes again in glory, well then, Jesus will rule as king over all, but for now, he's kept in the background. He doesn't get involved in real life. He certainly doesn't tell you how to spend your money, how to raise your kids, how to buy a car, how to watch TV, or how to fall in love. He stays out of real life. Those things are just up to you to decide. For far too many Christians, faith is just an insurance policy against the remote threat of hell. But my friends, if Christ's lordship is curtailed or bracketed or restricted in any way at all, 
then he's not really the king. And that person's faith is not really Christianity. This is not how God calls you to live. Jesus is not a king with an asterisk. He is the king, period. He's a real king right now. He is Lord today. He was born into this world as a real baby, lived a real life, learned real lessons, kept real laws, felt real pain, shed real blood, and died a real death. And then in his real human body, he was made alive again. That's why he's king. And that's why he must be your king today. That's why he must be your Lord now. Jesus is no imaginary or merely spiritual Lord and King. He's not a king only of religious things or a Lord only of a distant make-believe life to come. He is Lord now and King today. And his rule extends over you and over every single part of your entire life right now. That's what real Christianity looks like. That's what it means to follow Christ. It's real because Jesus impacts every single part of your life right now. Jesus is Lord. It's not a slogan or a pious phrase for Sunday morning. It must be the core reality of your life right now. Jesus is Lord and King. Is the truth that must animate and drive your life. To be Christian means that you live your life following Christ and His will. It means you choose the work you do, the hobbies you pursue, the person you marry, the car you drive, the vacations you take, and the friends you have. You choose all of those things according to His supreme plan. You follow His orders for your life. You're the subject. He's the king. You do what he decides. You yield to his plan. You follow his orders. You even think what he tells you to think. You don't determine your life. He does. That's what it means to have a king. And Jesus is king. You don't make your own plans. He makes them. You're not in charge. He is. Jesus is your real Lord. Christ is your real king. It matters now. Jesus Christ is king. He does rule over everything. And all reality comes together in him and under his authority. Your life comes together in him and in his plan. He sets the agenda. He writes the plan. This world is not controlled by Satan or forceless faces of nature or influential politicians, or wealthy power brokers, or subversive conspiracies. This world is not under the control of money, or might, or men. And you are not under the control of any of those things, or even of yourself. Christ is King. He is Lord. Christmas is certainly coming, no doubt. And Christ is coming again, no doubt. But Christ is King already today. Everything is under his authority right now. Every life, every plan, every nation, every hope finds its explanation, its end, and its fulfillment 
only in him. He's the end of every story. The reality is Christ. Jesus is king. Jesus is real. Isn't it time for you to get real too? Amen. Lord Jesus, you are king. Help each of us to live our lives today with you as our only king. Amen.